welcome to the Still Study Podcast here on this beautiful Sunday, May 1st, 2022. And I am your grateful and appreciative host here, Jeremy Ritz, welcoming you to episode number 43. And what a glorious day today is because the NFL draft has just concluded. The Pittsburgh Steelers now have several new additions to their team. And I'm going to get into all of that today on the show. So just tremendously grateful that you're joining me and want to start there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a supporter of The Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me. So thank you for that. I would love to connect with you. We could do that one of three ways. You can comment directly on the articles at the bottom of the page. You can hit me up via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. And you can also give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. Would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. Please also be reminded of the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Our podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. Jim and I will more than likely be recording next week so check that out Jim is super insightful and knowledgeable about your Pittsburgh Steelers you want to check it out don't want to miss it it is linked in the show notes and also study sessions there will be one today on this lovely Sunday trying to do those seven days a week another full week starting tomorrow on Monday May 2nd but again your support of the still study is greatly appreciated And I have a big, big announcement that will be coming at the end of June. I will share it with you then, but just wanted to tease that out there today. So, the NFL draft is in the books. We know the new players who are joining your Pittsburgh Steelers. We also know the undrafted rookie free agents, which I am very excited about. Over the course of the next few weeks, I'm going to be profiling each player draft pick an undrafted player individually just so I can get to know the ins and outs of these players who are joining the roster. But I also want you to educate yourself about who these players are. And as I said, we're going to jump into taking a look at who the Steelers drafted, comparing that to my final mock, which just looking back was completely dreadfully awful. I missed the mark. And how surprising to see the big five that I spent so much time researching, studying, and talking about really fall. I didn't even think Kenny Pickett would be on the board at number 20 when the Steelers selected. I didn't think Malik Willis would be on the board. But all five of those quarterbacks were available when the Steelers selected. Obviously, they went with Kenny Pickett. But then the other players fell significantly. Sam Howe, the guy I had projected to land with the Steelers at number 20, didn't go until the fifth round to the Washington Commanders. So very surprised by that. And really, a lot of the draft boards that I was looking at and even what I had formulated in my mind and comparing that to how players were drafted, (laughs) there was such a mismatch. And so... Even when you look at some of the guys who went undrafted, Justin Ross, wide receiver out of Clemson, it's just very surprising, but it goes to show the inexact science of the draft and how it really is a chance. 
It's a risk. There's a lot of risk involved with that. But one thing that we can say for fact is we know who the Steelers draft picks are. Let's jump into them. Starting with round number one, pick 20. Not going to spend a lot of time on this pick because I did hit it on the study session. But it's Kenny Pickett. And a lot of people are critical of this selection because they don't believe that Kenny Pickett has great upside. There's this belief that what you see with him is what you get, that you're not going to see a lot of transformational improvement over the next few years, and that while he has a high floor, his ceiling is low, which basically translates into he's not going to be a better quarterback than what you saw at the University of Pittsburgh. People will point to his age, that he turns 24 in June. They'll point to the fact that he played five years at Pitt and that there's just no getting better. He's had enough time to show that he can improve. He has improved and he is what he is. I think that argument is bogus because if you stop growing as a human being, the day you stop seeking growth and stop seeking to get better, what's the point of living? And to cut this guy off at the legs to say that he won't get any better. If anything, when you read about Kenny Pickett and his character and how hard he works and how he's driven to be the best, that's going to motivate him and fuel him to be a high quality quarterback in the NFL. There's also the criticism of his hand size, that that's an issue in terms of ball security. All those things you have to look at realistically. We can't say that this is a perfect pick, that he's going to step in and be an elite quarterback. We don't know that. But what we do know that we're getting in Kenny Pickett is a guy with a ton of experience, a guy who put up significant numbers, broke Dan Marino's passing records. But what I've said about Kenny Pickett all along is that when it comes to intuition and a natural feel for the game, he has it. And I always talk about that when it comes to situational football and when it comes to laying out a pass that is dependent upon the down and distance or the route that a receiver is running, Pickett puts the appropriate amount of touch on it, the right amount of zip and velocity. He just has an innate feel of where to put the ball. He also has great mobility, can escape pressure in the pocket to buy time for his receivers down the field. And he can also pull it down and run. I think of last year, Joe Burrow and dude from the Chargers, Justin Herbert, how many times they gashed the Steelers when everything was covered down the field and he just took the ball and ran with it. Kenny Pickett is going to give you similar type of athleticism to do those types of things. The one thing that you didn't see a lot of from Pickett in college was attacking down the field. He wasn't really a deep passer. He's going to have to expand that part of his game. But the Steelers did add some nice vertical threats in the draft that makes a perfect segue for us to talk about their second round pick at number 52. And that is wide receiver George Pickens out of Georgia. Played in the SEC, big-time college football. Played against the highest level of competition. Tore his ACL in March of 2021 and rehabbed aggressively 
showed commitment and resolve and dedication to get back out on the field. And he did. He made it back for that national championship game. So what we can learn from that experience and from him overcoming that adversity is that this guy is not just going to fold and give up. He could have said, you know what? Tore my ACL. I'm going to focus on getting better. I'm going to focus on the draft in my professional career. He didn't do that. He came back to play in a national title game in which he could have been injured again. And it really could have negatively impacted his draft status, but he didn't do that. And he caught a bomb in that game. So just in terms of mindset, competitiveness, willing to sacrifice his body, he can do that. Pickens is a big-bodied receiver. He can stretch the field vertically. He timed at his pro day a 4.47, which is not indicative of his, his speed. Again, he's still recovering from that ACL tear. But he's going to be able to make those combat catches. He's going to be able to go up for the football. But he's also going to be able to get behind defensive backs. And that is something that the Steelers desperately need. They've needed that for several years. They get it with a guy in Pickens. And it's going to take some time for him to develop and get adjusted to the NFL. But he automatically becomes the Steelers' number three receiver. So now you have Johnson, Claypool, and Pickens. You also hear some criticism of Pickens in terms of his character that he has shown that he can lose his temper I'm sure you saw the highlights in game where he just is going at it with a an opponent. But I like that aggressiveness. And here's what I'll say. you I would rather have to rein in that aggressiveness instead of trying to teach a player to be the aggressor. You can't teach that. You're either aggressive or you're not. Now, we can ch- channel that. We can rein that in in a positive way. And I think this team will be able to do that. But Pickens, big win. It was their first of two wide receiver picks. I've been saying all offseason that they need two wide receivers. I thought there was a bit of a lesser chance after the signing of Miles Boykin. But they went and showed that two wide receivers were in need. And now you have two wide receivers. And it started with George Pickens in round number two. There is still a lot of uncertainty surrounding Stephon Tewitt. We don't know if he's coming back. The Steelers have been very tight-lipped on what his status is. I'm not going to rehash the situation and what transpired and what occurred. But there was a lot of talk, especially from Pittsburgh beat writers like Ray Fittipaldo, Jerry Dulac, that the Steelers were targeting a defensive lineman in round one. That didn't happen. But in round three... They did select defensive end out of Texas A&N, DeMarvin Leal, Leal, excuse me. And this is not a guy they're going to expect to come in and start right away because he's not ready. But he has traits and abilities that if developed, he can become a guy who takes over for Stephon to it or when Cameron Hayward retires, which is probably not for a few more years, he could step in and take over. But it's going to take a lot of development on his end and able to be and able to be in a position to do that because he is slight right now in terms of his stature. He's got a big frame, but he's only 283 pounds. 
that number's got to get around 315 in order for him to be strong enough to anchor that defensive line and shut down the run. He just doesn't have the girth or stature to do that this season. And we can't expect that from him this season. What you can expect in 2022 from Leal is a role. He's going to play a role. He'll he'll get some snaps. He'll spell to it. Let's hope if he's back, he'll spell Hayward if he's back. But now you have a crowded defensive line room. And that back end of the depth chart, your Henry Mondo's type players, you have to really face the reality of, are they going to make the roster? Are they going to be cut? Do you try to stash them on the practice squad? But again, he's a project. Leal has the talent, but he's going to need time to develop. But it's good to see that they made a move on the defensive line to bring this player along because, again, you have to start doing some succession planning for whenever Hayward and Tuit are done. In the fourth round, I mentioned earlier, the Steelers double-dipped at wide receiver. In the fourth round is where they got their second receiver, and it's Calvin Austin out of Memphis. This is your slippery, lightning-fast dude. He ran a 4-3-2. Let me say that again. He ran a 4-3-2. He is more of a vertical threat than Pickens is. While Pickens is more of the combat catch, big-bodied guy, Calvin Austin is the opposite. He's only 5'8 and 178 pounds, so he's going to struggle with your bigger corners. But you can't teach speed. You line him up like Mike Wallace, one-trick pony, send him down the field, blow the top off the defense, and there is film to show that he has the ability to do that. That's how he's going to be used with the Steelers. And he also can contribute in the return game. So the Steelers will take advantage of that, especially with the the departure of Ray Ray McLeod. He'll get an opportunity to do that in year one. And they'll, they'll utilize him in packages. They'll have plays specifically drawn up for Austin. But the Steelers added two players who can make significant contributions on offense this year in Pickens and Austin. So I know this is a selection that I'm very excited about because I talked about the need for that oh crap speed guy. Austin is it. Can't wait to see how he plays out with your Pittsburgh Steelers. No fifth round pick. So then we move on to the sixth round. And this was a guy who was mocked to the team on several occasions. And I, I never had him mocked in any of my mock drafts. I knew that it was a possibility and an option, but I didn't see it happening, but it did happen. And now Connor Hayward out of Michigan State, brother of Cam, is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. And this is an interesting selection because Hayward is not a true running back. He's not a true tight end. He's not a true fullback. He is all those things put together. He's an H-back, essentially. But what he is, is a player who is just old school, can make plays. He's a football player. For lack of a better way to describe him, he is a football player. 
where I see Hayward really contributing to the Steelers team is on third downs. I think back to 2008, the Super Bowl year. I'm I'm not making any comparisons or predictions that this is a Super Bowl year, but I'm trying to make a player connection here. And these are guys with two completely different skill sets, but this is what I have in mind when I think of Hayward. Do you guys remember Moel Day Moore? Moel Day Moore in 2008 was the guy on third down who just seemed to always make a big play. He wasn't an overly athletic, overly talented guy. He was more of like a scat back type of player. But I could see Connor Hayward being that type of threat on third downs to where out of nowhere, he's getting open, he's making the play, he's showing that grittiness, toughness to pick up the difficult yardage for first downs. That's how I envision Connor Hayward contributing to this offense. And what is it with the Steelers and brothers? Derek Watt, TJ Watt, you got the Edmonds brothers, and now you got the Haywards. Now, interestingly enough, it's going to be curious. I'm curious to see how the team handles Derek Watt here. Not that they're similar players. Derek Watt is a bit more limited athletically. He's a bit more stiff than Hayward is. And not to say that Hayward is overly athletic because he's not, but I don't think you can keep both of these players. And this could signal the end for Derek Watt, despite his contributions as a special teamer, despite being a captain for this team, Connor Hayward might make him expendable. We'll have to see what goes down there. Then we shift into the seventh round. Steelers had two seventh round selections. They get an inside linebacker, Mark Robinson, out of Ole Miss. This is a guy who is a former running back and converted to inside backer. And really what he offers is a sound tackler. And he's consistent in terms of his tackling. He can be a hitter. He's a thumper. He can lay the wood. What he doesn't have is coverage proficiency. He is not solid in coverage. And it's rare that you find a player who has both of those skills. You're not going to find it in round seven. Again, I said in a study session last week, you're looking for players with traits that really stand out in these later rounds to see if you can develop those other components. That's what they're doing here with Robinson. He has a decent bit of speed. I think he ran in the four sixes in terms of his 40. He's a sure tackler. They're going to see if they can bring up his skills in the coverage arena. And again, this is a long-term project. Do not expect this guy to come in and get on the field in terms of snaps on the interior of that defense, if anything. And even this is a stretch. He'll get some snaps on special teams. Best case scenario for this guy, they're able to stash him on the practice squad, develop him, and maybe in a year or two, see what they can get out of him in terms of special teams or snaps on the defense. And with their final selection in the draft, the trend of double dipping continued as they selected another quarterback, a guy who actually came in for a visit with the Steelers, and that's Chris Olodekun out of South Dakota State. This pick virtually guarantees that that's the end of Mason Rudolph. I'm sure that Kevin Colbert was on the phone trying to land at least a seventh round pick for Rudolph. That didn't materialize. 
more than likely we're going to see him cut in the next couple of weeks so that he has an opportunity to catch on with another team because Rudolph is going to want that option to compete for a starting position because it's not happening in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett is now your number two guy and quite possibly by the start of the season, he may earn that number one job, but there's just not room here for Mason Rudolph anymore. In terms of Alodakun and what he offers, he's got an NFL arm. He's got above average mobility. And again, he has traits. And I've talked about this, traits that if can be developed, potentially he may have something to offer. He's going to be your QB3 next season. Don't have uh, delusions of grandeur that this guy is going to turn into a starter. That's not why they drafted him. They're looking for a guy here along the lines of a Dennis Dixon who has mobility, who can step in if there is an injury to their top guy or guys and use that mobility to manage the game to help the team achieve a victory. So Alodakum, extremely raw. He's going to need a lot of development, but he's being brought in to be your number three quarterback. So no picks on the offensive line in the draft. They did a lot of work in free agency. I'm not really surprised by that, although I thought there was a potential to pick up a guard or a tackle in the later rounds. And really what's surprising to me is no defensive backs selected in this year's draft, which shows that they feel confident in what they have. But when we look at the undrafted free agents who they picked up, I'll run through the list here. And again, I'll have profiles on all these guys. Jake Dixon, a tackle out of Duquesne, which is a small school in Pittsburgh. Mateo Durant, running back out of Duke. Donovan Jeter, a defensive lineman out of Michigan. Tyree Johnson, outside linebacker out of Texas A&M. A lot of Texas A&M guys these last few years. T.D. Moultrie, outside linebacker out of Auburn. Chris Owens, guard out of Alabama. Chris Steele, cornerback out of USC. Jordan Tucker, tackle out of North Carolina. Jalen Warren, running back out of Ohio State. And Bryce Watts, cornerback out of University of Massachusetts. So, again, I'm going to have plenty, plenty of coverage. The first profile is up for Kenny Pickett, where I go in great depth about just everything about the player so you can get to know who Pickett is, and so you can get to know who all these draft picks are. Going to do the same for these undrafted free agents, so please check that out. But again, there you go. Two wide receivers, two quarterbacks. Who would have thought? You got an inside linebacker there, defensive lineman, and an H-back in Connor Hayward. So that's your Steelers draft for the 2022 year. My mock draft was so completely off, but the two things that really came through and what I had projected, number one, that they would draft a quarterback. I've been adamant about that all year, that their selection at number 20 would be a quarterback. I was on about that. Although who that player was, I was not accurate with. And the other thing that I projected was that there would be two wide receivers selected. That did happen. Again, I kind of backed off of that after they signed Miles Boykin, but I did see that as a possible scenario, and they did, in fact, make that happen. Some other notes here. 
want to mention is that the Steelers signed DeMonte Casey, free agent safety, to a one-year deal. He's a five-year veteran. And that's going to give some nice depth there on the back end. That probably shows that they didn't feel confident or comfortable in any of the safeties who were available to them in this year's draft. Wonder what type of role that he's going to play. Edmonds will probably be the starter, but you can get KZ in there for some snaps. He can play corner too, but that is a signing that just occurred if you haven't paid attention to that. And can't believe it. The draft is over. The draft is over. All the analysis and discussion and it's wrapped up. And now we can begin taking a look at these players, getting to know who they are, what types of skill sets they bring to this team and how they're going to be able to contribute in year one. So it's very exciting. We're going to have mini camps that are going to be starting OTAs and then training camp. We'll get to see a competition. It's really going to be interesting to see how this all plays out with Kenny Pickett. And, you know, Pickett is such a beloved figure in the city of Pittsburgh. He won, he won over the city last year with what he did at Pitt with that run that they had in the ACC. He's somewhat of a folk hero, a folk legend there. And don't underestimate that in terms of what that's going to do for this fan base. It's going to reinvigorate this group because he had been there for 18 years. And the last few years, they haven't been great. This city is going to be excited again. There were a lot of people clamoring in Pittsburgh for them to draft Pickett. And now that he's here, people are going to want to see him on the field. And just imagine that moment when he's announced as a starter at Heinz Field or when he comes in to take over for Trubisky. Let's say that Trubisky's having a poor game and he comes in for his first time. Heinz Field is going to go absolutely bonkers. And just imagine his first touchdown or the first time he takes off for a scramble and picks up a big game. game. So there's, there's a strong possibility. There's strong, for, strong potential for Kenny Pickett to really be a fan favorite and to just create a magical, inspiring environment in Pittsburgh if he can play at a high level and like he did at the University of Pittsburgh. But the first step for him is getting into the playbook, coming into training camp, showing that he belongs and that he can compete, and getting in the mix for that number one spot against Trubisky. As we stand here today, I think Trubisky is going to get the nod to start the season. And then after a couple of games, if the team is not excelling, Pickett will get his shot, but it is going to be one fun finish to this offseason as players start showing what they can do in minicamp and training camp. Preseason is going to be a lot of fun. How fun is it going to be to watch this Chris Alokadun out of South Dakota State? How much fun is that going to be to see what he could do? in terms of 
growing and, and developing in those preseason games. That's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see some of these undrafted guys, some of these running backs that they pick up, picked up, if they can do anything, if they can contribute anything. Or how about these receivers? It's just, again, this is what makes football so special. This is what makes the Pittsburgh Steelers so special. And man, life is good. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this episode of the Still Study Podcast. I want to thank you for listening in today. I hope you've had a great draft weekend. Please continue to check out the site daily for updates. A lot of content coming your way this week with the new draft prospects, with the undrafted guys, all the profiles, study sessions coming every day. A lot of content. Please continue to share with your family and friends. That really does help me grow the site. Again, big announcement coming at the end of June, so stay tuned for that. Let's connect. We could do that one of three ways. Comment, email, thestillstudy at gmail.com, Twitter, at stillstudy. Would love to hear from you. Check out the podcast that I do at Wexel, which is linked in the show notes. And just have a fantastic Sunday. Spend some time with your family and friends. Relax. Pause and reflect. Life really is beautiful. And on that note, thank you so much for being a supporter. Love you guys, yins guys. And I'll see you next week on the Still Study Podcast. Peace.